Thank you for listening to the Renovate Life Church of God's broadcast. Here's today's message from our pastor, James Demmel. Now listen to what Psalms 8 and 3 says. When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon, the stars, which which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him? And the son of man that thou visitest him. We jump down to verse 6. Thou madest him to have dominion. Watch this. Thou madest him to have rule over the works of thy hands. And thou hast put all things under his feet. We go to Psalms 115 and, and 16. The Bible says, The heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's, the master controllers. But the earth hath he given... Because he's the master controller, he can do whatever he wants. He hath given to the children of men. Psalms 82 and 6 says, I have said ye are gods, and all of you are children of the Most High. Now, this is where those crazy religions get that they're little gods, and I need you to understand, and I need you to know today, don't go out of this place and say that your pastor said that you was a little god, because I'm going to give you the understanding of what he meant today, because I am so sick of preachers getting up in the pulpit and not reading their Bible, not praying, not spending time with God, and blowing out some kind of foolishness, because they are not under the anointing, the power, the pneuma, the breath of God. So when we find this verse, the original text is the word Eloah, not Aloha, Eloah. It means God in the ordinary sense, but specifically used in the plural, especially with the articles of God on behalf of, on behalf of the supreme God. This, this definition is easy to get. Why pastors? Preaching that we're little gods, I have no idea in my mind. But the Bible tells us that it's on behalf of the supreme God. Applied by a way of difference. Applied by a way of difference. Hmm. That means that you're not like him. (laughs) To be. Now watch this. I could close it up right after this and we could be done. To be a magistrate to be a superintendent, to be a manager over. Not in the significant sense as to be the great God. And then it has in parentheses Elohim. Why do you think Eloah comes up? Because Eloah is part of Elohim. It's the prefix that makes God who he is. Are you understanding what I'm saying? So what we got is a part of God. Well, yes, we do. The Bible says that God breathed into us and made us man. But you're not a God. Don't get me wrong. You don't own anything. Well, what do you mean, Pastor? Psalms 24, 1 through 3 says this. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The world. The world and the they that dwell in it. For he hath founded it upon the seas and established it upon the floods. Who shall ascend into the hills of the Lord? Who shall stand in the holy place? Can I go back for a minute? Who shall ascend in the hills of of the Lord who shall ascend in the hills of the master controller I don't like that word it doesn't matter if you like that word it's what God said just like he said let there be light and light never failed after that 
Because once God says something, it continues down through history. Why? Because he's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the A and he's the Z. Oh, I don't have time yet, but we're going to get there. So now I need you to follow me here. God said that you, in your best form, that is, you know him, you have taken up your responsibility to be the man of the house, and you have become the foundation that God has created you to be. That was last week. Where are you at? Some of us decided that they didn't want to be here. And so then we find this. That God put man over the earth. He said, go forth and multiply under my direction. Under me. Under Lord. Under master controller. Is that popular? Absolutely it's not. I'm not your friend today. I'm your shepherd. Because God turned it over to us. Now follow me. He gave us free will. Because he gave us free will, it allows us to totally wreck everything that he gave us. He gave us this earth. I just read it in your hearing. But he also gave us free will. He built freedom into his understanding. That's why Adam had the ability to make his own decision. Well, how do I know that? Because Adam was the reason for the fall of man. Oh, we're going to... There's so much here. That's why Adam had the ability to choose because God gives freedom. He doesn't give restraint. He gives understanding, wisdom. He gives the Ten Commandments. He gives knowledge. He gives us the ability to educate ourselves. Well, how do we do that? It's called the Bible. The B-I-B-L-E, yes, that's the book for me. I stand upon the word of God. The B-I-B-L-E. And that's probably about a quarter of what the real song says because I don't remember it. But I do know this. I'm standing on the word of God because that's what it told me to do. And that's what we teach our children. And just again, just to throw this in there, if you're not teaching your children, just remember somebody else will. So, Adam had the option of choosing. Even God gave him, even though God gave him a dominion mandate, To rule on behalf of God in history. Adam had the ability to do whatever he wanted. God did not give that ability to Eve. But he said that they would work in tandem. Now God did not create Adam and Eve at the same time. The Bible says he created Adam first. The reason that Adam was created first is he was the foundation of everything. The Bible says God created the man. He gave the man instruction. He downloaded processes into the mirror image of who he was. He placed him in the garden. The place of delight called Eden. Eden is the Hebrew origin, the word in the Hebrew origin, and it means a place of delight. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that God built it and made it just for Adam. Adam was in the garden alone in the beginning. 
The ladies are not here yet because God knew that he had to hold off on that. Because he knew that he had to hold off on women until he could get the man right. God didn't want a woman to come into a mess or a messed up man. So he holds the woman off until he could get the man straight. And that's always the process of God. To get the man straight. So that we don't have headaches. But what we find is the women end up having headaches because the man don't want to get right. Come on with me today. So if God can't get the man straight, the women are in trouble. So he created man first. I got another amazing revelation for you. The garden was the first place in history or in time that God put all of his presence in a certain location. He put it in the garden. What you have to know about the garden was the presence of God was all over it. Well, what are you saying, Pastor? The man was established. And his identity was in God and in God's presence. Are you hearing me? The man's identity was established in God's presence. By men, I mean the male. Okay? God created two forms Not 3,642. The male was established. And his identity was established in the presence of God. The the, The Garden of Eden, the place of delight, was God's presence. And he did that. That's why in the Bible, you when you scroll through that part of the Bible, it says the Lord God. The master controller. It says the Lord God, the Lord God. It says it twice. The reason that it says the Lord God is because he establishes his presence everywhere that Adam went in the garden. I don't think you're getting it. Adam was homeless. And God said, I'm going to build a house for you. I'm going to build a home for you. And so he created Eden. This garden of delight, this garden of beauty, this garden of understanding. But not only did he create this garden of beauty, delight, and understanding, he created this place where his presence was manifest. Well, what do you mean, Pastor? The Bible says that Adam walked with God in the cool of the day. He had relationship with him. He had an understanding of him. But I want you to understand that everywhere Adam went, he bumped off the presence of God like a pinball machine. Everything that he did, boom, there was the presence of God. Boom, there was the power of God. Boom, there was the mercy of God. Boom, there was the blessing of God. Boom, there was the prosperity of God. Everywhere that he went, it's important to understand i got to make a point here. We've come to a time in the church 
where we have a generation of men, Lord help me, that want to visit God. They think, oh, pastor, if I come to church on Sunday morning, I'm good and I hope and pray that God leaves me alone Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I'll come visit him on Sunday. But that's not what the word tells us. The word tells us as long as you have his breath, his pneuma, his rolling tornado inside of you that you're supposed to breathe in his presence. Now watch what I'm saying here. Adam didn't visit God. Adam was in the presence of God every breath that he took. The garden was not a place that he went to. The garden was his home. You don't have that luxury. That's why God created the structure of the church. So that you could come bounce off the presence of God. Feel it. Let it change you. Let it transform you. Let it heal you. You can act like I'm crazy all day long. Healings are happening here. So Adam lived in God's presence. I don't like that talk, Pastor. Well, that's just the way I am. That's the way God made me, and that's what you're going to hear when you come here. Because as far as I'm concerned, I'm not standing up here to preach you my opinion. I'm here to preach you the word of God. I come to shepherd you. Can I get real and do it real quick? Those men that say, well, I got to work, Pastor. I want to be involved. I, I, need, I need to be involved, Pastor. But then they say, I got to work. You're telling me that the God that breathed the breath of life in you, that you supposedly trust and that you supposedly give your life to, that if you got to work every Sunday and you got to work every Wednesday, that he, you can't trust him to get you a new job, that God that you've trusted and that God that has blessed you and that God that has transformed you. Instead, we just want to be visitors. And he didn't ask you to be a visitor. He asked you to rest in the presence of God. He asked you to be whole. He asked you to be transformed. He asked you to be a foundation man of God. Well, it's tight, but it's right. Everywhere Adam went, all day long, he was in the presence of God. He had a dynamic relationship with God. It was a togetherness with God. The problem is in today's society, we don't have a togetherness with God. And I hope, I prayed before I came in here. I walked around this sanctuary all night last night for two and a half hours. And I prayed for every seat in the place. And I prayed, God, if there is a man that sits in the seat, I pray that he understands this. I pray that he feels it down inside of him. I pray that he can't leave here without being changed. I pray that he's different. I pray that he's whole. I pray that you touch him so that this church can grow. Because it's through the man the man becomes part of the family. He's the head of the family. The Bible says that Adam walked with a, in the cool of the day with God. In a dynamic relationship with him. Now watch this. Do you think if Adam was bouncing off the presence of God all the time. He was in the presence of God no matter where he went. 
not only the presence of God visited Adam, but Adam got to visit with the God himself, the Lord, the master controller, on a daily basis in the cool of the day. Don't you think that if Adam visited with God and was in the presence of God and he was with God all the time and he could fail, that doesn't mean... That you need God every second of every day. And because that, that, that you have jobs and families and houses and cars and things you want to do. That that doesn't mean that you don't need to be in the presence of God. Anytime that you can get in the presence of God. I'm not here to just preach you a message. I'm here to give you the understanding of the biblical principle of Jesus Christ. Who wants to come down and transform your life. But if you sit there with your arms folded and you're afraid men of God. To get a hold of what God has. Then God. God will never touch you the way that you're supposed to be touched. If God could be, if Adam could make the decision to wreck his own world in the presence of God, with the power of God, walking with God, what do you think you can do on earth without him? Adam's responsibility was before Eve. We think we can just pop in once a month and say, Hello everybody. What's up? This is what I've been doing in my life. That's not what God told us. So God gave Adam responsibility before there was an Eve. God said it in Genesis 2.18. I'm going to read you two different understandings. And Lord God said... It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helpmeet for him. The other understanding says this, Genesis 2.18. Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. It's important. The reason that I read this second translation is because when you reference the understanding in the King James, it references the word helper suitable. Do you see it? Do you see the verse? Do you understand the verse? Adam is not looking for a woman. What? No. God said it is good for Adam. It is not good for Adam to be alone. Adam didn't even know that he was alone. You hearing what I'm saying? Because he was comfortable with his relationship with God. Now this is a good revelation. Before Adam realized he was alone, God determined that he was alone. And he said, I'm going to make you a helper suitable. Well, you ladies that thought this was all about the men, this is where you come into play. Your role is important, is just as important as the foundation point, the man. Well, watch what God says. God gave Adam a job. He said, you're going to have rule and dominion over everything that I've created. Adam didn't need a helper until <laughs> he got a job. Man, it doesn't work, doesn't eat. Yeah, we started that way back in Genesis. Because God didn't give, he didn't need a helper. Adam didn't need a helper until he got a job. And God didn't just give him any job. God gave him the best job that, that heaven had to offer. He allowed him to be so brilliant and be so understanding that he was able to name every animal. That's 1.2 million, by the way. 
not concluding all the subspecies. So before Adam realized that he was alone, God gave him a job. Adam didn't need a helper until he got a job. He gave him his presence, and he gave him a helper. The helper that he gave him was suitable for Adam's need, so Adam wouldn't be alone. The Hebrew word helper suitable is pronounced easier conigdo. Love it. Doesn't it just sound amazing? Well, this is what it means. The word easier means help. The word conigno means a corresponding counterpart. All these men that beat their wives down and talk to them like they're stupid and ignorant and, and have no common sense. What the Bible is saying is that you are messing with, with your corresponding counterpart. What does corresponding mean? It doesn't mean lower. It doesn't mean that you can lean your arm on her head. What the word corresponding means is that they work together to do the good. Because God has created them to come together as one. Side by side. Not in front, not behind. Corresponding means partnership. How come I don't have any ladies shouting? Come on, y'all are always wanting to hear this. Well, you need to tell my husband. We get in the council. You get in my office. Well, you need to tell my husband. I'm telling him right now. Adam doesn't feel he's alone. God sees that he's alone. And he says in Genesis chapter 1, I'm going to make them male and female. And I'm going to let them rule. It's a great understanding. So the reason why God created the female... It's not just so Adam could have a companion. So Adam could get help to rule. Adam, the job I want you to have is so big. It's so exponential. It's way bigger than you are. And if you try to do it on your own, you're going to be called up and you're not going to be able to accomplish what I have created you to do. So I'm going to send this corresponding Helper, I want to bring someone alongside of you to correspond with you so that your job in the kingdom can become complete. Because Adam, I see that you need someone and I see that I don't want you to be alone and I see you that, that I want you to have a companion. Are you hearing me today? The job of the correspondent is to help expand the rule in the context and partnership and companionship of God. Boy, that's good stuff. Now I need you to follow me here. Adam didn't need Eve to be complete. Maybe there's some singles in the room. If you're in a relationship with God... Marriage shouldn't be, what's the word? A have to should be a necessity. 
God made you complete on your own. He made a man complete, Adam. He made a woman complete, Eve. If you feel like that you have to be married to be complete, you're messing with God's plan. Now, I want to show you what I mean. Now, watch this. God gave me an amazing revelation. I think they've got some pictures for you. In my hand, I have two keys. I picked out this key because it looks like a man. It's got an eagle on the front and a, and a, and a uh, flag on it. Can everybody see that? Can you see? Show the picture. That ain't the picture. That ain't the picture. See, it's got the eagle on it. There he goes. This will represent the man. But then I've got this blue key. It's got some jewels on it and real pretty flowers and stuff. He'll put that one up there in just a second. Looks like a woman, don't it? As a matter of fact, when I bought this key, over the top of it, it said Diva. <laughs> now, this key opens a door. This key opens a door. But this key does not open the door that this key opens. True? This key is complete all on its own. If I stick this key in my pocket, I can still walk over to the door that this key unlocks and unlock the door. But watch this. If I stick this key in my pocket and I get this key out of the pocket, I can go over to the door that it unlocks and I can unlock that door. Why? Because these two keys are complete on their own. God made them to be complete. He made Adam to be complete. He made Eve to be complete. They are complete on their own. But... In order to have unity, in order to have companionship, in order to have the understanding, the blessing, and the circle of God, you must be in the circle of God. So God brought them together through this thing called marriage. He married them together with a ring. Right? Now watch this. Because they're married together... On the ring, now this key, all by itself, can still unlock the door that it's meant to unlock. But this key can also unlock the door that it's meant to unlock. But together, they can unlock both doors. Why? Because this key is complete and it does its job. And this key is complete and it does its job. But that's not the ending. Because when you come together, well, pastor, what about the ring? Well, the Bible says that a ring is a never-ending symbol of completeness. Right? The, let, let me just read you some scripture real quick right here. When you come together, you're one. When you come together, you're inside the circle. You're inside the ring. You're, in, you're a wheel inside a wheel. Oh, my goodness. The keys are together. It's now attached. You're attached together by something spiritual. Pastor, what about the ring? Is the ring insignificant? No, the ring is the best part. Let me read you a couple of things I wrote down. When God describes the ring, the circle, the wheel, he is describing his never-ending completeness. It is a finding of his Strength braided into our weaknesses. 
this ring. The world cannot fathom the loving kindness. Because although his strength is stronger than anything we can fathom, it is simple enough for us to comprehend. We can understand and comprehend his greatness. Do you agree? So this ring, the Bible says in Luke 15, 22, this is a, a foreshadowing of the father. But the father said to the servant, bring forth the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. Follow me here. When the, this is an understanding that the father still loves you. The father still calls you his son. The father still blesses you even though you have walked outside what you call the circle of God. I want you to understand that the father came out and he saw his son. He looked for his son. God, men, is looking for a man to stand up. He is looking for his son to come home. You are his son. The Bible said that he breathed part of who he was in you. That man you his and the son came home and the father was so excited that the son came home he said I want you to put my ring of completeness on his finger I want you to say I want everybody to see that he is mine I want to be able to say that he is mine I want everybody to show that I want him to have that signet he is mine the ring same with marriage that ring shows that you're not on the market. Thank you for joining us today. If this message has uplifted you, we would love to hear your story. Go to www.renovatelifecog.com and click contact. Your testimonies are a blessing to us throughout the week. Renovate Life is a place of healing for the lost, the broken, the weak, weary, and stray.